You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Today's show, we're going to do some news around the league. We're going to talk about the three games from this weekend to open the season, and we'll try to get some preview in on the White Sox if we have time as well. So let's start talking about news. There's some old friend alerts, there's some big news, and there's some potentially troubling news. Where to begin? You know, that's the question when you have this much. I think the big three is, though, you have to begin with the three arms who experienced arm tightness. And uh, one of them, it's being reported, is done for the year already. And that is Justin Verlander. Now, the Houston Astros were already a team that were extremely shorthanded in terms of pitching. You know, we just had talked about them uh, when Joe Smith announced that he was going to opt out of this year and how this was a team that already had a lot of issues with their pitching. And you think about it, even when they won the World Series, what other help they might have had on or off the field, they have struggled to develop pitching. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. is really their only guy they've uh, developed internally. Zach Greinke, Garrett Cole, uh, Justin Verlander, these were all trades. So right now the rotation is Lance McCullers, Zach Greinke, Josh James, Frambert Valdez. They, you know, Forrest Whitley is the name you'll hear. Uh, Christian Javier is an interesting pitcher as well. We'll see who moves into that spot for them. Um, trying to think of the guy they got from Tampa, who I'm blanking on. Austin Pruitt, uh, elbow inflammation. So they may not get much from him. He was supposed to be their other depth guy. You know, Jose Urdequay, uh, Ur- Ur- who pitched for them in the postseason last year, is undisclosed injury. And Brad Peacock, who is, has shoulder soreness, is someone they've used a lot over the years. So they're just beat up. Uh, there's no other way to put it. This is a team that is missing a lot of players. Pitching was an issue, and they got weaker today. Next arm, let's talk about Corey Kluber. Old friend alert. Lasted one inning. He hadn't pitched since last May. So really unfortunate more in that regard. You know, just because Kluber was so great for us for so long. I hate to see it. You know, it's his first start in 15 months. He got 18 pitches. Uh, the whole thing for him, this is he struck out David Dahl, walked Trevor Story, who was then thrown out trying to steal, and then Char- Charlie Blackman popped out. And that was it for Kluber, who was pulled uh, with forearm tightness, I believe. You know, it could be uh, Tommy John. Yeah, forearm tightness is kind of the code words we hear. Maybe he'll be fine, but that is un- very unfortunate. For Corey Kluber, and I personally hate to see that. He's been one of the greatest Indians of my lifetime. Uh, I would rather see the Indians lose that trade and Corey Kluber pitch well, and they lose because Kluber pitches well, than see them win just because Kluber doesn't pitch at all. Like that's I would I I'm a Corey Kluber fan. I hope he this is something minor and he comes back. And then the other one that didn't get as much talk, Ken Giles, uh, closer for Toronto. Now Toronto is kind of a trendy pick, especially with an expanded postseason uh, for possibilities. I think they were a wild card contender before the season even began, to be honest. They went out and they're very active in free agency. They have an impressive young core that they supplemented through free agency and still have a good minor leagues to help flush that out, even flesh that out even more, not flush that, flesh that out even more as a team. Ken Giles, though, is a massive blow. Now, if you're thinking about Ken Giles as a massive disappointment for Houston, after Philadelphia paid uh, King's Ransom to get him. 
that's not the the situation here. Ken Giles was awesome a year ago. Uh, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. Now, you know, if you don't remember, he was acquired with David Polino and Hector Perez for Roberto Asuna because Asuna was, you know, at the time was the better pitcher and was thought to be the better pitcher. And Toronto was moving on because he was a terrible human being and was suspended for uh, domestic violence. Now, for Toronto, you know, Giles was, was damaged goods. He was not the guy he was. And instead, you know, they got a pitcher a year ago who was awesome. Like I said, I think I probably said that he was awesome a dozen times. Yes, uh, Roberto Asuna was 24 a year ago. He's very young. Uh, he finished the most games of anyone. Uh, he had 38 saves. That was the high in the American League. 10 strikeouts per nine, 1.1 home runs, and 1.7 walks. If you go over to Ken Giles, just to give you a comparison point a year ago, if my scroll will function, 14.1 strikeouts per nine, so he's better there. Walks per nine is 2.9, so not as good, but still solid, and 0.8 for home runs, so he was better in those regards. 227 fit for him, 321 for Asuna. So one can make a legitimate case that not only did Toronto get two other pieces, yes, those pieces really have not done a whole lot for them yet, uh, but they did get two other pieces plus the better reliever in the deal, even if the other two pieces don't end up uh, turning into anything for them. If you're Toronto, though, Ken Giles is a free agent at the end of this year. Him getting hurt right now is the worst possible thing. They, the chance, you know, if they had a good season to maybe consider putting the tag on him, it'd be a big debate, but or if a season fell apart, he would become a very valuable trade asset just because, you know, I've talked about the need for pitching in general. Without him there, Toronto's bullpen's going to look quite a bit different. I don't know necessarily who steps into that closer role. The other, you know, A.J. Cole, who we saw what he could do in Cleveland, is is a part of that pen, part of their, their staff. It's it's a group that I'm not sure where they go. They have some definite issues there. They have some bench depth, but they could be out there even considering looking for a way to add a, uh, a pitcher if Giles has gone long-term. So we talked about that. Let's now talk about the Miami Marlins, who I want to get this exactly right. Uh, they had a, a series in Philadelphia and a at least a trio of players are being quarantined in Philadelphia, are not allowed to leave with the team because of COVID. And the entire team is delaying their trip until Monday. So instead of going back to Miami, because they have a series against Baltimore at home, their home opener, as it were, they're staying overnight in Philadelphia because we don't know how bad this breakout is on the team. Uh, this could be a situation where, depending on the number of players, could Miami just not be able to play? How do they react to this? What did they do? Uh, there's going to be at least three players so far. All of them, you know, had been around everybody else. We know this is a highly contagious disease. I don't know what happens. Um, this is something to watch. This could be the biggest story of our short baseball season. This could be a bigger deal than Justin Verlander because Verlander is one guy and it's terrible for Houston. But this could be an entire team that can't play for, you know, a few days in a schedule that is already extremely tightly packed. Uh, they already had... Another player, their catcher, Jorge Alfaro, who went on the injured list before the season even began. Uh, so, yes, keep your eyes here. This is another crazy story. I I want to see what happens with them. I don't know what they are going to do. 
in terms of you know their series against Baltimore. It's very odd that they had to change the entire team's flight plan because the concerns are there. Like that, that's just red flag, you know, alarm bell alert. Our sponsor today, we have rockauto.com, the fantastic site. It's, you know, a warehouse site. So they're going to pass those savings on to you. Instead of having a bunch of stores in a lot of locations where you have to, you know, pay for rental, pay for your staff, all of that, they just have a warehouse location and then they have all of their parts and they can mail them to you and that's how they, they save money. And then they pass that savings on to you. And that is what makes rockauto.com a great place to look for parts for your car. I am not a car person. I say that every single one of these. It's an easy to navigate site. You can go through, find what you need, price shop and compare. And when you do go to rockauto.com, make sure to put in the little box, uh, how'd you hear us about, how did you hear about us? Put locked on, put locked on Indians actually. You know, let's go that extra mile. If you do use the service and let them know that we specifically sent you to them rockauto.com and remember to mention locked on in the how'd you hear about us our second sponsor is cbdmd it's it's a mouthful to say but it's actually pretty easy to type and go on they have two big products that they have us talk about their relaxing menthol roller to help with with aches and and pains and then just the more traditional anti-inflammatory medication but on top of those uh, products they have such a huge selection you can go there um, if you're someone who uses CBD, you can see they have things for you, things for your pets. They have a wide range of things that you can use to help. I'm not someone who knows a whole lot about, again, this uh, CBD products in general, but I do know a lot of people who use it, a lot of people who swear by products that have CBD in them, and it can help with a wide variety of uh, ailments. So check it out for yourself. If you've ever been curious and want to try um, CBD products, go to CBD. MD right now. Use the promo code locked on to get 25% off. That is a huge savings. A lot of times, you know, we get 10, we get 15. 25% is a ton. So go to CBDMD right now. Use that promo code locked on MLB. Let them know we sent you. And this is your chance. If you've ever wanted to try a CBD product, you can do it now. 25% off your order. And last time I went to their website, it was free shipping as well. So it's a great deal. Uh, tons of things there to try. CBDMD. So I didn't even get through all the news. So let's jam some of these in here, uh, for lack of a better word. Old friend alert. Uh, Clint Frazier and Ben Heller both sent down by the Yankees. They had a, a game where their James Paxton only went one inning, so they had to do a shuffle and move some players around. Uh, would butcher his first name, so I'm just going to say, you know, Atani had his first start in like two years. Uh, didn't get a single out recorded. He's been a fantastic hitter in his time since he's come over but he didn't pitch at all in 2019. And the Royals concerns so he might be more reliever than a starter. He was great over 50 innings, but he's just got those 50 innings. So we will have to see not a great sign for the Angels, who are another team that need pitching. Uh, whatever you want to say about the Indians, it's like Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels would probably love to have Adam Plutko right now. So that's kind of the secret depth that the Indians have and the ability to maybe make some other maneuvers. Before we get into the games over the weekend, let's talk about the roster moves that occurred. Tyler Naquin is snake bit and can't get healthy. Uh, it was I didn't even realize before I, or after I recorded that they went through and um, did not put Zach Plesac on the 30-man roster because he wasn't going to be needed. As the fifth starter, he wasn't needed right away. And since he had the options, it allowed them to carry an extra bat. So they started out with Daniel Johnson on the roster. So he made the team, even though he had originally been sent already down to the minor league cap, was uh, was not one of the last cuts. He got the call up. 
And then when it was clear that Tyler Naquin, with his broken toe, I believe, just wasn't going to be ready to go, Johnson made his Major League debut in Saturday's game. He got the start. And Naquin went on the uh, the injured list, and they called up Plesak because they're going to have to anyways. And that's where they are. And then in a move that surprised me, you know, we're talking about all these teams with pitching woes, Hunter Wood passed through waivers. Uh, the Indians were able to reassign him to camp, and he'll be there until he gets, you know, minor league free agency. Or if someone were to claim him in the Rule 5, which could be possible, I don't know how many years of control he has. I'd have to go dig that up. But Hunter Wood is still with the team. He is still an option for them if they need some more relief help. And with this move, we'll see when Naquin gets healthy. It's also a chance for Daniel Johnson to grab that spot that I always thought was going to be ideal for him as a platoon partner with Luplo. That's just perfect positioning. And with his defensive ability, uh, you know, when you're trotting out some of the players that they've trotted out in that outfield, he just gives you another option late in game to do some defensive replacements. So just kind of sum up the weekend series. The Indians take two out of three. It's still a disappointment to me because this Royals team is awful. Like, terrible awful. And has lost so many players due to COVID that they're even worse than normal. But they're not a good team. And that got shown Friday night. Like, Shane Bieber is a very good pitcher. But when you pitch six innings and have 14 strikeouts, he became just the 14th pitcher to do that, to have 14 strikeouts or more in six innings or less. The only other Indian to ever accomplish that was Sudden Sam McDowell. Uh, I think that speaks volumes, not just to how good Bieber is, but how bad uh, the Royals are. He was also just the fourth pitcher and just the fifth time the starting pitcher has struck out 14 or more batters uh, on his the first game of the season for a team. Simber, Wetgren, and Hand all came in, uh, got the job done for the Cleveland Indians in that one, a 2-0 game. Offensively, no one really did too much to stand out. If you're just looking at like who got on base, it's you know you could make a case that your MVP in this game is Roberto Perez, who scored a run, had a hit, and had a walk as well. Uh, not until se- uh, Sunday. Not a lot to write home for in terms of the Indians' offense. Saturday's game, the talk is going to be about the stupid extra inning rule. But again, you don't really have an excuse. This is a team you should beat. This is a team they should get some more runs on than they did. Uh, and you know, Clevenger was brilliant. There's no other way around it. He just maybe didn't seem as brilliant because of how good Bieber was, but he was awesome as well. And at the end of the game, you know, they got to put a runner on second in the odd situation where Tito didn't small ball for like the first time in his life, which I applaud. Uh, it it backfired. One could also make the case that Zimmer should have moved his foot. Like, what's more important, Bradley Zimmer getting on base via the walk or letting the runner advance to third with no outs so a sack fly ties it? Uh, Zimmer should have moved his foot. Like people were talking about it as a smart move. No, it's a dumb move. You're down a run. A runner at third base is more important than a runner at first and second. Now with what followed, it doesn't really matter. But who's to say that after Zimmer moves his foot, when that ball gets away, that he doesn't hit a deep sack fly and tie the game up. Like that was just a, a dumb moment. Getting the, uh, the runner advance was more important than him physically getting on base. And then you have the top of your lineup up they looked awful. It was each one of those guys, Hernandez, Ramirez, and Lindor, just, it looked like it was a spring training game they wanted to get over. The The effort just seemed, I don't want to say the effort was lacking, but it was just, I mean, they looked bad. And you can complain about the rules, but uh, they just didn't perform. It's, to me, that's more the bottom line. 
uh, whether or not it's a stupid rule doesn't change the fact that they had opportunities and they didn't perform. Uh, Sunday, Carrasco, what a performance. First win since, you know, his leukemia struggles, six innings, 10 strikeouts. He did give up those two earned runs, and he only walked one. Those are, the strikeouts and the walks are big. That's, you know, if, if Carrasco can get back to, like, 2017 version, because even towards the tw- end of 2018, we saw some dips. But if he can start to, you know, even out there, it's going to be huge for the Indians. That gives them three aces, and that allows them to match up with any pitching staff that there is right now in baseball. Uh, just a huge advantage for them. Uh, Cam Hill makes his major league debut on Sunday. We already talked about on Saturday. Daniel Johnson made his debut. He got to be uh, Johnson came back in this game. I thought it was interesting. They already had Yu uh, Chang playing third base and Jose Ramirez DHing, finding ways to get rest for players. Of course, Jose Ramirez with the huge, huge game, two home runs in this one. Uh, but he wasn't the only offensive star. He went, you know, three for five with the two home runs, as mentioned. Domingo Santana goes three for three in this one and also has a walk. Yu Chang with a good performance, Cesar Hernandez. I mean, almost everyone uh, performed well. Santana had two walks, but no hits. He, Bradley Zimmer, was probably, you know, the, the least effective player with uh, 0 for 2 in the game with two strikeouts, but the offense finally came to life. They beat up on uh, Bolognos, who was the starter, who, if you remember, was the player they got, uh, one of the players they got in the recent trade of Tim Hill. Uh, Bradley's brother Kyle got to to pitch in this one as well, so we had both Zimmer brothers appear, which I don't think has occurred in the same game yet. I don't think they've ever been healthy at the same time, but it was a, a great game to see. Jose Ramirez... It, it's hard for him to get overshadowed, but I think he gets overshadowed to agree just because Carlos Carrasco, that story, that performance, again, it's always hard because, you know, he is facing the team that he is facing and them not being very good, but uh, I'll take what I can get. I realized I forgot another old friend alert, so I'm just going to throw that in here at the end. Uh, Robo Garcia, who's a great story in the way that, like, he was a top prospect for the Indians who ended up getting released and I believe worked his way up through the Mexican League and had a nice little run with the Cubs. When he got released, the Reds have claimed him. Uh, The Reds did not have a backup shortstop, so that'll be good for them. But, uh, yeah, nice to see him still bouncing around. Kind of crazy. I remember when, back, back in the day, he was, like, on the Indians' top 11 prospect list when MLB was not going to 30 when it was just Mayo by himself doing an impossible job. As someone who has tried to do that impossible job back in the day, I can tell you it is an awful job to do because everyone's going to tell you what you're doing wrong. And deep down inside, you know that, yeah, the people who write about that team every day do know the minors of that team better than you. But you're talking with people and doing the best you can with what you have available. And I always remember, I'm like, Robo Garcia. I'm like, I don't even know who he is. And he was he was ranked. Uh, and that's when I kind of realized on those early lists a lot about like who was the big money signing and who was a draft pick. Again, not to shred Mayo. He had an impossible task, and he did the best he could with a task that was uh, one person doing all of that is rough. But uh, yeah, that's that's always my memory of Robo Garcia. So the Indians' next three games, we'll do this as a very quick uh, pitching preview. So it's going to be... Monday's game is Dylan Cease versus Aaron Saval. I'd probably give the Indians a slight edge in that one, though I think Saval Saval Cease could give the Indians a lot of problems just with the way he pitches. Uh, The Tuesday game is Carlos Rondon, the lefty, against Zach Plesac. 
Uh, I think, again, we've talked about the Indians are set up to hit lefties this year. This is a team that, when they're facing a lefty, they have the advantage. So I would lean that way, especially because as much as I loved Rondon out of school, it's kind of crazy to me. For so long, the Indians were the, the Indians. The White Sox were the darlings of pitcher development, and they did an utterly fantastic job. I mean, Lucas Giolito, their ace, is a great example of that. He was a tertiary piece in that Adam Eaton deal. His stock had fallen that far. Uh, but guys like Carlos Rondon and, and Carson Fulmer, Fulmer who just got traded to the Tigers, I really wish he would have slipped through waivers. I think the Indians could have fixed him, and he's got all the spin data that makes you think there's something. Like, I would love to see the Indians trade for Carson Fulmer right now from the Tigers. Like, if you could get him out, uh, putting him in as a weapon in the pen, I think that, I think he is the perfect guy to try to go out and rehabilitate, and he could be an immediate weapon for a team. And the Indians are the perfect team to do that. And just, oh, when I saw him go on waivers, made my mouth water, and then it quickly I knew it would be impossible for him to get to the Indians. But Brondone has been a disappointment. He hasn't been healthy of late. Uh, Plesak, I, you know, I, I do think we're playing a little bit with house money with him. Kind of a toss-up game. And then the third game in the series, Giolito versus Bieber. Uh, Giolito struggled on opening day, so we'll have to see. I'm, I am going to give the Indians the advantage with Bieber just because of how good he was a year ago and last year. But I think they're kind of on a similar trajectories, so we will have to wait and see uh, for that matchup. That is definitely the one to watch. If you can only watch one game this weekend, aim for that Wednesday game. That's going to be a fun pitching matchup. Went a little long. Uh, we'll do a full White Sox preview tomorrow. Yes, I know. That means you'll get it Tuesday, which means the first game will be over. Um, but I will, if I don't cover the game tomorrow, at least we're going to go position by position doing the matchups in this series. Any news breaks, we'll talk about that, of course. But we'll go through and kind of do what I did with the Royals. We'll talk about each player at each position and talk about who has the edge. Uh, tell me what you think about the format now that games are going. Tell me what you think about the Indians. What do you want me to talk about? You know, always send me stuff for listener mail, things like that, so we can loop back around with this compacted schedule we may not always have the days in the week for it but i will find points in time to squeeze it in i've been jeff ellis you have been fantastic as always thank you all for listening rating and reviewing we're like four reviews on itunes i think away from 50 so yeah hop on there it'd be awesome to get over 50 reviews that's that would be helpful uh some people are leaving one star so you know i i heard it doesn't matter that as long as you have more reviews it's good so i guess thank you even if you gave me the one star uh, I, again, very thankful to each and every one of you. Um, I'm hoping to have some exciting podcast-related news that uh, all of you fans should get very excited for. Once things come together, um, we have a partnership potentially coming with a local company in Cleveland that will be a lot of attention to this little podcast and also allow us to get a lot of um, connections as well. So you know, that's my little tease here at the end. It could always fall apart, but it's sounding like the ball is rolling and like, I'll be honest, it's, it's more work on my end, um, and there's no extra, you know, uh, anything for me at this point in time outside of the fact that it's going to be great exposure, uh, and it's a great connection with uh, great people, and I'm hoping it all goes through. So I'm not going to state it directly until everything is done and in print, but yeah, we have some exciting Lockdown Indians-related news uh, coming, and I hope... Uh, I can't wait to share with you guys. I'm over the moon about it uh, just because of the opportunities it will provide for this podcast. Again, thank you all. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. And as always, go Tribe.